Yeah, he's like comfort food on the eyes, you know? You just like look at him, you're like, okay, I can relax now, like. The film's really getting a vibe now, isn't it? With kind of that casting, the director, the theme song. They'll start off tinkly, tinkly, tonkly sort of thing, but then it'll end up big. Yes, he doesn't have to be a cannibal, but the vibe. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Build a Bond podcast. I'm Stuart Morrison and please welcome my co-host. If you don't see me in this life, you'll see me in the other. It's Fraser MacArthur. Stuart, what the hell have you got me up at this time of night for? Yes, you may have noticed that our voices are a little bit huskier or a little bit smoother. That's because it's fucking in the middle of the night (laughs) (laughs) and we've dragged ourselves out of our beds uh, because our guest today is coming to us live from los angeles california hollywood the city of angels that's right yeah so we are uh, on la time Uh, it's also that weird bit of the year in between christmas and new year so who knows what day of the week it is what time (laughs) what time of night it is everything's just a blur at the moment yeah that's true but are you well anyway other than that are you are you good yes i'm very well thank you i'm uh, struggling to keep myself awake i've got a cup of tea and i've got a big old bag of quality street to keep me energized good and yourself how are you getting uh, i'm just doing the usual um i'm still in my jammies here as you can see well fraser our our, our listeners at home won't be able to see but in fact you're as ever dressed incredibly smart there is a classic bow tie there's a classic white shirt but a slight twist on the classic bond suit you are wearing a suit but it's star spangled is that fair to say what are you talking about this is my jammies <laughs> yes i'm wearing the the old um 50 stars uh, and 10 stripes or however many it is um because of our guests because they're coming all the way from america just to talk to us and I'm very excited for it. And what are they going to be talking to us about? They're going to be building their dream James Bond film. Of course, Los Angeles, where they build films, so perfectly suited to this kind of role. Uh, what they'll be doing is they'll be picking who they want to play Bond, who they want to play the co-star or love interest, who they want to be the villain, who they want to be the director, and who they want to perform that brilliant Bond theme song. Of course, as well as that, they can do AOBs, any other bonds. They can pick locations. They can pick other roles. They can pick anything they want, really. It's all about the roles and roles and roles, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, the rules, though. (laughs) Well, you'll be delighted to know, Fraser, that uh, we haven't got you up in the middle of the night just to hold you back with a bunch of excruciating rules. What we've done is we've just banished all rules. There's absolutely nothing that they can say, you know, beyond something that's criminal, that uh, we will stop them. They can pick whoever they want for whatever reason, living, dead, in between, whatever they want. In between. Yep. How, how would you define in between? Well, sort of dying? like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, dying or, or just being born. Cool. But it's all it's all about James Bond, isn't it? But we don't, we don't just talk about James Bond whenever they mention... Actors, directors, performers. We don't just talk about Bond films. We talk about films in general. And I was thinking about, in my slumber, in the minutes before this recording, I was thinking about like what might, what might be your favourite 
action film that isn't a James Bond film. Yeah, that's right. Um, I always tell people about this podcast, but I'm relentlessly pushing it on my friends and family. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Bond fan or whatever. And I go, well, you know what? It's a Bond podcast, but it's not really. We talk about all sorts of different genres of films, all different um, types of movies, different types of music, everything like that. And you're right, action movies, you know, Bond is, is one of the best, I would say. But there's a lot of really other, you know, amazing ones out there. I think for me, typically... In terms of action movies, I always go to old war movies and also like, like I enjoy a little bit of sci-fi. But if I'm thinking of like pure action films, the only one for me that can compete with uh, Bond is probably Die Hard. The original Die Hard. Well, there is some Die Hard and I also like all the other Die Hards as well. The first three, I would say. One and three in particular are, are two of my favourites. Um, but in terms of pure action, uh, pure adventure, I really think Die Hard is, is up there. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with that. I think, uh, yeah, Die Hard Three, Die Hard with a Vengeance is, uh, is right up there. I mean, it's one of my favorite action films of all time. I think, um, might even be up there and one of my favorite films of all time. Mm. Um, I've got a lot of love for that film. Action as a genre, you don't really tend to think about films these days as an action film. Do you? it's always sort of mixed with some other genre or yeah. You know, part of the superhero genre or something, um, and that, that I was kind of thinking about that, and I was thinking about Avengers: Infinity War. I know you're not a massive Marvel guy, but I thought that was a an excellent an excellent action epic. Yeah, that's right, and that's what I mentioned. You know, I, I was thinking pure action films, but if I was thinking some of my favorite sort of genre action films, Bridge Too Far, Great Escape, Kelly's Heroes, all these old war films are still action films. The classic sci-fi's that I love, Alien, Aliens. Terminator, even Star Wars. These are big action films that I love. And more recently, the one a kind of more pure action film in a way that really stuck out to me and uh, and I absolutely love Sicario, you know, from about oh, yeah. five years ago or so, something like that. Again, that was one that fitted less into like a specific genre and just was, you know, kind of more of a straight up action one and was, and was really brilliant. Yeah, great film. Anyway, time's marching on. We mm. shall... Uh, welcoming our guest in just a moment after I wake up your little sleepy brain <laughs> with a little Bond teaser. And I think you'll like this one, to be honest. It's quite good fun. And it's the season finale. Well, exactly. Yeah, we've had some good quiz questions. We've had a mixed bag of answers. Uh, I can't promise anything. As you say, I'm still sort of half in sleep mode. But as I wake up slowly over the course of this episode, I'll hopefully try and answer. Excellent. Okay, well, here we go. <clears throat> as we know, Bond films have been notorious for their sleazy portrayals of women and female relationships, that we can admit. But how many Bond girls can you find with suggestive innuendos for names? And I, I, I get this is one of those ones that I've got a certain number here. I've got five, but there could be more than that. I could be, I could be proven wrong here. I love these ones where, you know, it's an indefinite list and... I already, of course, there's obvious ones that come straight to my mind. I bet listeners at home have thought of a list of a hundred or so of these uh, slightly smutty innuendos that the Bond films have become, or, you know, where maybe a bit less so now, but were definitely uh, really well known for. I've got a few. I'm going to keep thinking throughout this episode and I'm going to come back to you with my list. How many did you get? Did you say? I got, I got five. Okay. So five to beat. Yeah. 
I'll see what I come up with. Right, here we go. So get open IMDB if you're not driving and play along with Build a Bond. Let us know your thoughts as the, as the episode goes on. We are Build a Bond at Build a Bond 007 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Play along. Just have fun. Have a good episode. Have a good episode, Stuart. Razor, have fun and be yourself. Razor, what is your favourite TV show? My favourite TV show? Oh, we've got lots, Stuart. Favourite TV show of all time. Got to be Lost. Brilliant. And in Lost, who's your favourite girlfriend of Saeed's, but not Shannon? Oh, there's, there's only one, and I think much better than Shannon. It's Nadia, right? Oh my God, wow. Well, you are in luck, because today on the show, we have the very actor who played Nadia in every season of our favourite TV show. And since then, she's gone on to loads of other brilliant roles in Twilight, House, and Gossip Girl, just to name a few. We are honoured this evening to be joined all the way from Los Angeles by the fantastic Andrea Gabriel. Hi! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on to this podcast. What on earth? I mean, I know I sent you a message, but what on earth made you decide to come on to a podcast with two random Scottish guys? <laughs> I just, I, I'm here for the accents, honestly. <laughs> I just thought I'll get to listen to these accents for an hour and what could be better, honestly. <laughs> Actually, we're sounding extra husky this evening because it's the middle of the night here in Scotland. Oh, I know, I know. Thank you guys so much for accommodating my my Pacific time. Andrea, we're here to talk about a bit about James Bond and for you to create a bit of a James Bond movie. Are you a James Bond fan? You know, um, <laughs> I I'm not not a fan. I am. A, I'm. I'm not. I'm not a hardcore Bondian. No, I'm not into bondage, but. I actually um I, I I enjoy I enjoy the uh the I enjoy the world of Bond. I enjoy the the dynamic and the esoteric. I, I I like the I like the fashion, I like the actors involved. So um you can say that. Okay, that's good. That's gonna be the quote on your episodes. I'm not into bondage. <laughs> exactly. Not without a safe word. One of these genres, though, isn't it, that, you know, as you say, even if you're not a massive fan and you've seen every single film and everything, the the world that exists in is something that you can easily just kind of dip in and dip out and you kind of, oh, totally. you totally. get the, you get it, you understand, like, who the character is, the world that they live in and all that sort of stuff. It's a great one just to jump in at any point in the franchise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it is. No, it's almost like, it's almost like creating, yeah, like Bilderberg's, like <laughs> creating your own just a little how your yeah how I'm sorry I love saying this with a Scottish accent your heist <laughs> of uh of of who these people would be in like in in your own and it's fun to play with absolutely yeah and did you without revealing any of of the ones that you've picked did you find it easy did you find it hard to come up with your ideas it was hard because I I kept changing my mind and then I was like, I was going into kind of like, okay, so what is the, the feeling of the film? And then I'm like, but then I'm not bringing really my favorite actors in. So I really had to sort of figure out how I'm going with this. Yeah, it's always that we hear that from our guests, like a dilemma, because you have like the actors that you love or the directors stuff that you love. But then also maybe if you start having like a feel for your film and you're like, well, actually this, this feels kind of more like that sort of thing or. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like this director would be perfect for that. I don't really like them. But they'd be awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true 
Have you seen a lot of Bond films? Have you taken inspiration from actual Bond films or is the, are you the kind of, you've seen a, a few bits of them or? I, I think the last complete Bond film I saw was like um, Octopussy. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> on a plane when I was a child I was like just I was like what does that mean um <laughs> and I mean it was the cheesiest it was so bad it was just such a bad movie but um you know it, the the mythology of Bond is very easy to to fall into and understand so and you know and I I see them when they come out and I know that I know who the different Bonds were you know I I out of them I probably have my my preferred Bonds um bond girls man i don't really nah, i don't <laughs> i don't have a favorite or not i kind of just i'm like okay i i get who that's supposed to be i i get her i get her i, I know her game i know her you know that's the bond woman you know um yeah. and the villain of course that's really fun to to get into so i i can do that when it comes to james bond but yeah octopussy is where i tap out i think I mean, no, none of the Bond women have have the depth, I don't think, of what Nadia did. I like to think you're correct with that. Maybe Shannon did, but... <laughs> nah. <No. laughs> Shannon is a Bond girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah she, was, she was definitely more of the Bond girl than... Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I, was, I would be more like Q, I guess. I don't know who I would be like. Maybe like the henchmen because of all your, because of the characters, you know, working in the resistance and everything. Exactly. I could go for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how, if you've listened to our podcast before, but we've actually had another actor from Lost before. No way. On another episode. Yes. An actor called Joanna Bull. Uh, she starred in an episode in season three. Uh, so we're beginning to make it a bit of a tradition to have lost alumni on our show oh, sweet. amazing yeah okay. but she she had never seen lost have you are you a fan of lost oh yeah definitely definitely yeah I didn't I didn't actually see the pilot until I had gotten the part and I think they had only aired two when I had gotten the role or maybe even just the pilot I don't know but after I got it then I watched the pilot and I was like oh damn like this is a good show like I didn't even know what I was really auditioning for and then once I saw it and then I was hooked to it you know even even though I'd already gotten the role I, I was hooked with the pilot so then I, I just you know I watched all the seasons um kind of lost me a little bit around three you know I kind of like lost the thread a bit, but I came back with four and five and six. So it's yeah. it's crazy for such a show, as you say, like especially towards the end, as it became so complex and so much, so many things going on, so many characters coming in and going out. It's great that you. I don't, I don't know. It'd be nice to hear your reflections as well. That your character, one of the few that was in every single series and came back <laughs> kind of time and time again, is you know unusual in the show. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty honored about that. I think there were three of us. There's me and Hurley's mom and um and I think Rose. Um Rose, you know, became way more of a series, a series regular, but she was in every every season as well. Um in in the beginning she was just recurring, but yeah, I mean, I think that we're the three who were in every season. Um yeah, and it was just it was it was the best gig ever. It was so much fun and just so so such an honor to be part of that world. I loved it every minute of it. Do you still keep in touch with anyone from the show? Naveen, uh, no? 
Naveen, Naveen does his thing, man. He's like, he's really off the grid. You know, he just like when he's when he's not working, he's just playing his guitar and like, you know, doing his own thing. He's like, he's really, he's really almost like this, um, his mountain man kind of person. He just, you know, he just like, he likes to disappear. Um, so I haven't talked to him in a very long time, but um, I am in touch with, um, with uh, Henry Ian Cusick, who another Scotsman right maybe maybe that's the the theme (laughs) but um yeah we weren't even in any episodes together we just became friends uh you know offset like you know when we were both shooting but at different times and different scenes um who else oh Eric Lang Eric Lang I still keep in touch with him like you know here and there uh you know just Facebook and stuff um who's such a sweetheart such a talented actor just you know killing it right now um I think that those two are kind of uh, the major ones. There were a few in the in the Freighties because I spent a lot of time with them because we we're both shooting the finale in season four. They just ah. were all in a hotel together. So I kind of became like, you know, the girl to the Freighties who just hung out with them. I just tagged along like a little mascot all the time. Um, and so, you know, some of them, like I'll, I'll be in touch with here and there, but they're just, you know, they're just the greatest group of guys. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah. <laughs> And I actually met Maggie and um, and Emily like later. I wasn't really in any scenes with them, but you know Maggie and I did Breaking Dawn together. She was in uh, the mm-hmm. movie as well. <laughs> it was just a funny running joke. I was just like, "Stop following me! You're like obsessed with me." <laughs> <laughs> she, she she could say the same thing about me too. But um, yeah, she she's just she's an she's an angel. She's a sweetheart. Um, and then Emily, I actually met in some lost events after after this show had wrapped, and she's just a freaking doll. Like just so so sweet and and smart and friendly and just yeah, I have really great things to say about all of them. I met a bunch of them afterwards at um at there was a lost concert. Um, Mike Giancano, who does the score. So he would have these live um, performances of the music to Lost, where they'd have a lot of characters come. And this was like he was doing it maybe every other year for a while with, you know, with the pandemic. It hasn't happened in a, in a minute. But I met a lot of people who I didn't really get a chance to meet on set. Like I met Josh. Um, I met Daniel DeKim. Um, It was just like it was just a blast. It's just like such a, a great community as well of actors. Yeah. It's so nice to be a part of that in, in terms of, you know, behind the camera, all these people that you met and to be feel part of that community, but also to know that you were such an important character in what in what has become one of the most iconic TV shows of the last, you know, I don't even know, 20 odd years. Thank you. Yeah, it makes my heart very warm to know that that everyone kind of loves each other on the show. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah, love it. I could just end the podcast here. I could just go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember, oh, we're, 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 spo- we're supposed to be talking about James Bond, not Lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, Andrea, in that case, let's let's raise a glass. I have a, it's late, but I have a martini. I have uh, coffee. You got coffee. Uh, I, got, I got tea. Very British. And you got tea. Yeah. Here's to your your build a bond. Let's uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and let's get cracking. So, oh, cool. First of all, the big question: Who's James Bond? Who's playing Bond? Who's Bond? So I had like a couple of different ways I was going with my movie, right? And I think um, I settled on 
This is so hard because I still have like ABC, like with so many of them. Um, let's see. I'm going to I'm going to get weird with it. OK, great. <laughs> so I'm just I'm going to say Harrison Ford, but Harrison Ford, like circa like Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford and Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah, just just for to reiterate for the listeners as well. Of course, this is build a bond. There are no rules. So if you want Harrison Ford, you don't have to take him now. You can take Harrison Ford. <laughs> I'll take him now. I'm not, I'm not going to say in his prime because I don't, because of course Harrison Ford's still making movies, still doing great work. But you know, yeah, you want him yeah. from Indiana Jones. Yeah, just casting is a little more perfect. Yeah, appropriate. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that like, him cast in Indiana Jones was, it seemed like a sort of direct response to James Bond, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I just, I love him in those movies. He's so great. He's so charming. He's very good looking. He's yeah. He's got he's got it all. I mean, yeah. Likewise, to Bond, there's also some problematic things about that series as well. But you know, different times. Let's yeah. Let's not. Yeah. 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 He he always strikes me as you know you have actors people <laughs> who perform and are in you know are are in films and then you have film stars people who are great actors as well, but they're that level above, you know, they have the charisma, the, the screen yeah. presence. And he's like one of the definitive ones for me of, of someone who's just a, an out and out film star. Yeah, he's like comfort food on the eyes, you know, you just like look at him, you're like, okay, I can relax now. Like he's got this, like, you know, I can, yeah. I can totally suspend disbelief from here on out because it's Harrison Ford. Yeah, you know? amazing. President was- Ford. Yeah. <laughs> and is it, Particularly that kind of Indiana Jones that inspired the choice, or is there any other of his roles that you well, really it's like? also because he's just such a great leading man, and he's really hot. Like I just find him like so sexy. So I think that you know that is always a good quality for James Bond. Um, <laughs> it would kind of suck if he weren't. <laughs> You'd be like that guy. How's he get what? <laughs> so bold question here. <laughs> Who's the hottest James Bond that there already has been? Um, hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say um our most recent one, Daniel. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's Daniel. I think that he uh, you know, I'd love I'd love it. Well, actually, no, no, no. Let me let me rescind that. Um, Sean Connery. That's the that's the answer we were hoping for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I totally I totally forgot. I was like I was actually I think that Octopussy like scarred me mentally and emotionally so I wasn't going past well Roger Moore but now I'm like wait a second over the hump there's Sean so I'm going with Sean good okay yeah. great <laughs> I just put a pin in it at, at Octopussy I'm like that was very much event of James Bond had a big effect on you though <laughs> that was a really bad plane ride Oh my, yeah, it was, but I watched it all the way through. There was nothing else to do. We didn't have the little, you know, back of the seat options. Oh my God, look at my cat. Can you see my cat? Like, right. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my demon. That's scary. Hello, little octopusy. (laughs) Right? I want to just make sure that that is my cat. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have like a demon in my house. If you you had mentioned. If you hadn't mentioned the cat and I'd caught saw that at the corner of my eye, I would have genuinely had a heart attack. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the screen goes black. Yeah. Oh, anyway, Harrison Ford. 
Yeah. What do you think of what do you think of Harrison Ford still being Indiana Jones in the new one that's coming out next year? I think you know if if the writing is good, they can they can totally pull that off. They could totally pull that off, and it's going to be really hard to. I mean, he might not be the action guy. Maybe he'll be more like Han Solo, you know, later in the game, you know. Um, but I think that they're going to have to be so specific about who they take the place of the action guy, like the one who is actually like, you know, rolling around the ground and jumping over things. Um, we're going to have to love him so hard. And, you know, it wasn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um nothing against him but yeah Shia LaBeouf just you know, didn't 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 happen um bless him yeah I mean I don't, I don't think you're not alone in that I wouldn't have thought yeah no there's gonna they're gonna have to fill that with like somebody that you're just like oh, okay I can see this and it's gonna you know it's gonna have to be in alignment with Harrison but I think that I don't think that Harrison Ford will can ever leave or like we won't let him go until he decides to go because yeah. we just feel like where's Indy, you know? And just, yeah. there's not really any of like, and obviously it's because of hindsight and because he has this amazing career and everything. But you don't think of anyone nowadays who would match him for caliber, you know? And yeah, in terms of like that kind of star power and everything, it's he's it kind of exists from a different era of, of film stars. Totally, totally, and especially you know age. So to find somebody around that age with that you know dynamic just essence to him um like I mean I can see it like I mean Brad Pitt is amazing I think you know George Clooney but all of them are almost you know they're kind of his peers you know you would need somebody who's in his 30s and like I feel like that that would be hard it would be a hard call yeah yeah totally, who, totally agree. who were you who were your rejects then who, who didn't make the cut Oh man. Well, I was at first thinking, am I going to do like a 1930s um, James Bond? So in that case, I had Cary Grant and Clark Gable. Um, yeah. Cary Grant or Clark Gable. And they both would have been great too, I think. Um, yeah, I think they would have been. Yeah. Um, especially Cary Grant. Yeah. Cause he was, I mean, he was North by Northwest, wasn't he? Was he? Oh yeah. I look, look at me. <laughs> Actress over here. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so cool <laughs> yeah um but yeah no um I, i'm i'm pleased with harrison ford I, i'm happy to to take him on board cool cool yes absolutely for all the reasons you've discussed you have a slight nervousness you know with an american coming in playing bond but i think if there's one man who could pull it off then definitely it's harrison ford yeah if there's a guy who could do it yeah but harrison ford's from when did Indiana Jones come out? What would be... 81? Yeah, early 80s, yeah. Yeah. So post-Star post Wars, yes. pre-Air Force One. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Cool. I love that. I'm very intrigued to see who you're going to have playing alongside Harrison Ford in the role that is traditionally known as the Bond girl. But of course, this is build a bond. No rules. You can do whatever you want with that. It's it can be just a it can be a bond girl. It can be a co-star of some other type. It's totally over to you. Well, now I am bringing someone from the '30s, and she's one of my very favorite actresses, Carol Lombard. You're gonna yeah. have to. Uh, I don't know, Fraser. You're aware of, of Carol's work? I'm I'm not necessarily. It's okay. Carol Lombard was actually the wife of Clark Gable, and she was just um, she did a lot of um, sort of madcap comedies very like she was the she just 
was so smart and she was also very beautiful. Um, but she also was the first beautiful woman to do comedy where it was like, oh, okay. Cause they never put that together. You know, the funny girls were always ugly or considered homely. Um, they were characters. And she was like, you know, movie star gorgeous, but she just did these, she was wacky, wacky. She's also like a guy's girl. Um, you know, she, uh, they called her the profane angel because she cursed all the time <laughs> on set. And like, you know, she was friends with, with all the, all the teamsters, you know, she would, he, she would eat with the crew. She was just so down to earth and just, um, just, you can tell she's just really, really smart. So you want someone who's going to get, I don't, I don't want some dumb chick, like, you know, taking up space with eye candy. You know, I want someone who's going to give him a run for his money. It's going to mm -hmm. be like just as smart can like, you know, can, can really throw down with him, you know? Yeah. Not just the, the kind of maybe the more classic Bond girl from the, from the past where they were just exactly as you see, just there because of their appearance, just to kind of be yeah. pushed around by Bond and, you know, all, that, all the rest of it. Those are like 80s Bond girls. And I feel like he needs someone with like 1930s sort of like glamour and spunk for the kind of Bond girl I would want him to have. Um, I would want to pair him with. She's just one of my favorite actors, always has been. She sounds great from the way yeah. you're describing her. She sounds like, she sounds funny. She sounds like you say spunky like she gets really gets in about it and I like the, I like the idea that she gets involved with the crew as well and and everything yeah. like that yeah I mean and she also landed Clark Gable who was like you know the biggest like the the hottest ticket in town um I don't you know and and I don't know if you know the story about her but she um she actually died um at 33 she was um when World War II started, she went on a war bonds tour, selling war bonds around the country. And she was um, coming back in a plane that crashed. Um, so she was really the first hero of World War II. Um, so this was before, you know, the war had even started. She was selling war bonds and she was very, you know, patriotic. She was just, you know, she really like went to bat for everybody. And yeah, unfortunately, you know, that's how she passed. But I always like, I wish I could find new pictures of her because I have every picture of her because she didn't live long. But I'm like, I wish I could have seen how she would have like, you know, continued in life. And um, yeah, after that, actually Clark Gable was not enlisting and she, it was kind of a contention between them. And then um, after she died in this, in this plane crash, he enlisted after that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, what a tragic way to for someone you know so full of life as you've described them, unfortunately, to mm. yeah to pass. But it seems like an incredible character, you know, all, as you've described her, kind of off screen, but then obviously on screen as well with her yeah. with the comedy I mean, and yeah. hero. Like she's just you know she's a heroine, and I've always just um she actually I know well I'm sure she had many houses in in LA at some point, but there's one house that I know where it is, and I, I pass it all the time, and every time I do, I blow her a kiss. I'm just like. Hey sister, like I just like I always try and pay attention to it, you know, whenever I go by. It's almost mm. like, you know, it's like, oh, hi. You know, I just I I, I love her. I just you know, there's something about her. Yeah. Is that maybe there's a that sort of spiritual connection there? Is that why you signed up to be in a show about a plane crash? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't know about maybe. <laughs> But Nadia wasn't. I wasn't on the island. Oh, yeah, of course. 
No, I avoided that. I, I couldn't I couldn't go around undetected. I got arrested and stuff, but no, I wasn't on the plane. It must be cool, like you mentioned like going past our house and blowing her kiss and stuff, you know, as someone obviously involved in the industry yourself, but you know, also just as a fan of of films and, and everything, just to be able to like live day to day in amongst all that history must be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love it here. I mean, I'm a history buff anyway. But what's, what's so funny is when I was, I'm, I'm from New York originally, if you couldn't tell. So I was, when I was, you know, living in New York, you know, I was raised there. I would always read books about and autobi- autobiographies about Hollywood and like 30s artists and, you know, silent film stars. And I was just like, you know, I would just be like, oh my God, and just obsessed. And now that I'm out here, I'm like, like, there was so much history in New York, like just like just historical history, like where the revolution happened and all this stuff. And I just didn't care. I was like, ooh, but where does Jean Harlow live? You know, like, <laughs> so it's ironic that like now I'm just I'm obsessed with the history on whatever coast I'm not on. <laughs> but I do appreciate the 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 film history here. It's yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was born there and it. it lives on there so yeah it's, it's it must be pretty cool i'm actually yeah. i'm i'm visiting la next week actually so i'm oh, very cool. excited i haven't been before so i'm very very excited you've never been oh wow oh awesome do you have fun things planned lots yes i'm going to a film festival in palm springs actually which is a bit oh. outside la but um oh, that's yeah. amazing My, yeah from, I, I hear it's beautiful i've never been to palm springs but um uh, I, I, I plan to. Carol Lombard, yeah, she sounds awesome. She'd be a great Bond girl. And, and yeah, it's such a tragedy that she didn't get the chance to kind of to go for that when it came around. So, yeah, it's, it's lovely that, that, that she gets to be in your Bond film. Oh, yes, I cast her. Yep. Given that one or break. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, you should, whoever is listening, if, if you're not, um, if you're not familiar with her work, just, you know, look at my man Godfrey, um, to be or not to be just, she's just, I think she was just enchanting. Like you can't take her eyes and I, with her also, you can't take her, your eyes off her, you know? Yeah. They seem like a good pairing, different eras, obviously, but, but, you know, a, a good pairing better. on screen. <laughs> yeah. That's what's I mean, great. It's, it's a fantasy film. You can have something that could never have happened in real life. Yeah. yeah. I bet Harrison Ford knows all of her films as well. And he'd be, he'd love to work with her. Yes, I would think so, yes. Well, shall we move on then to your villain? My villain. Okay. (laughs) So um, I chose Sir Anthony Hopkins. Ah. But maybe around Silence of the Lambs. Nice. I mean, what better villain than Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs? I mean, that's like one of the most like haunting performances you know by an actor in in, in a kind of villain role if yeah. you were to like pick the best villains of history you'd struggle not to put him number one yeah but also like so interesting that you actually empathize with him <laughs> you're actually rooting for the guy you know yeah. it's like how he pulls that off is just uh, astounding yeah there's a there's like a a sort of I don't know something about he doesn't move on screen does he he's he's transfixed he's like he's, yeah. he's always and you just can't it's, it's mesmerizing I think is the word that I'm looking for yeah yeah like a snake like very still but then he can like you know he can lurch you know he can like yeah. you know, totally violent but then it's like but he's calm the whole time it's like yeah this is nothing you know I love that's kind of the villain that I would I would want him to be 
Yeah. Like brilliant, okay. you know, so like genius level. Bit of Hannibal-esque Hopkins. Yes, yes. He doesn't have to be a cannibal, but the vibe. Cannibal yeah. vibes, okay. Not yeah. not like it, not like an out and out, like, you know, like super physical, you know, you I mean it's, it's like eerie kind of yeah creeps into you, into your like sort of very being. Yeah, yeah. Totally. He's not, yeah, he, he's not like the brawn of the of the movie villains. He's he's the the sort of the plotter. The, the, psycho- mastermind. the psychological kind of yeah. yeah. Totally. The mastermind, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And from your perspective as an actor do you prefer what what kind of roles in terms of like villains the good guys what kind of what are your preferred types of roles oof i i honestly i like playing both the villains are actually more fun if they're well written um Mm -hmm. you know if there's actually if they humanize them if it's just going to be a cartoonist a cartoonish villain, you know, I mean, it's like soap opera. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, you want it, you want to see the humanity or maybe their origin story or how they got that way. You know, I find that way more interesting. Um, it's, it's more fun to play effed up than it is to play wholesome. <laughs> more fun, you know? Um, so I'd say I like that, but then, you know, it's also sometimes it's nice to sort of be the one who's standing up for you know the the rightness of everything but um just from a purely creative level it's more fun to be the bad guy Mm. I can I can can imagine that would be the case yeah yeah completely yeah but you, you have to have a reason like if and if if the script is bad and you don't have a reason for being the way you are then um then it's no fun then it's like you know you have you have to figure it out yourself. You have to make it up yourself, um, and hopefully the plot and the writing supports that in some way. But it's like you know that's that's the work of you know if you have a great script, amazing, bless you. But if you don't, you you got to make that up yourself. Otherwise, you're gonna come off like so corny. I think so, yeah. Especially like at the moment in a lot of cinema with the kind of prominence of superhero films and stuff. There's there's lots of villains where their backstory and their motivations are kind of everyone knows what they are and everyone knows kind of who the villains are so to get good villains nowadays that are that have some uh, something different in their backstory or have some sort of alternative motivations as opposed to just your kind of world domination type stuff yeah Yeah. i want to be i want to dominate the world because i was bullied like come on (laughs) you can do better than that (laughs) yeah yeah which is kind of a bit guilty i think of the, the i don't know if you've seen the most recent bond film the villain's just I a, a bit I, I, I know what happens, but um, so no spoilers can affect me. I'm cool, but um, no, yeah. I, I have not seen it. But yeah, like the villain in that is a bit sort of, yeah, some people were bad to my people a, a long time <laughs> ago. So now I want to take over the world. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, well, bless Rami. You know, I, I know, I know Rami. Oh, you do? Rami was in my coven in Breaking Dawn. Yeah. Oh my God. He's oh, my please. family vampire, me and him. We're like, yeah. I love Rami. I love Rami. Yeah, that's brilliant. It seems like, yeah, it's so long ago, but yeah, that's fantastic. I've, I've, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, when we were when we were shooting, me and my coven, it's so funny to call your, that you have a coven, but my coven, yeah. <laughs> there were four of us, um, me, Omar Metwali, Rami, and um, Angela Serafian, and we actually went down to the location 
um, maybe three weeks before everybody else and the international vampires, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the international house of vampires, we came down there like three weeks early because we had a set that they had to strike. Um, and so we had to get that done before they, they, you know, they removed it. And so then we had about three weeks just in Baton Rouge with each other. And we just, you know, we just hung, we bonded, we went to New Orleans. We just like, you know, we really became like a coven. It was like, you know, it was like a little, a little family on location. So I got to know him pretty well. He's just, um, I'm so happy for him and all his success. He's just, you know, he's just a very, a very um, fun and, and, and kind person and really, really smart. And the thing that I love the most about him is that like where he just really lives life. He's not like, you know, all wrapped up in his process. It's like wherever he is, he wants to explore. He wants to like, you know, find out about the, the culture of the place. He wants to like, you know, try the restaurants. He wants to like, he's just like so engaged. And I think that makes him an even better actor because he's so interested in, in, in the world and in the human condition. So I'm not surprised that he's just like, you know, like, like chilling. Yeah. yeah. I, I, actually, I, I don't know, I mean, only from seeing interviews and, and, and bits and pieces, the fact that he's, you know, describing so much like fun and like really like lovely and everything. I got the impression from seeing him that he was quite like an intense guy, you know, on screen and stuff. Yeah. He can be intense, but he is also a cut up. Like he's just like silly and fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like, just a, you know, just a, like a crazy kid. I, I just, you know, I, I have, I have a lot of respect for the way he, uh, he maneuvers, not maneuvers, but the way he navigates the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you say at the moment, what a trajectory he's on, what these roles he's getting. It's uh, yeah. Incredible. Oscar, everything. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. Excellent. But that's, that's, we're diverging a bit from Sir Anthony. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> The, the mastermind, Sir Anthony. Um, yeah, what's his, what's his thing? Like, what's he, I mean, I'm not asking you to write the script here, but is he going to have like a big face-off with Harrison Ford? Is there going to be punching? Is there screaming? Is there, what's happening? That's a, there's not, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of punching. <laughs> I think of anything, it would be more um, like, you know, Harrison has almost like, you know, an obstacle course, a lot of things like a booby traps, things he has to get to in order to get to him, like at the top of his tower, like he's just up there, like dropping bombs and like, you know, trying to just like, you know, stack the deck against him while he's just like up there. Cool. Until Harrison gets up there, at which point it's like, okay. And then he tries to like psych him out, you know, because he's a genius. So I think that that's the way he fights more like with all of his like weaponry and just because he's genius level evil and then once he gets up there like he tries to just like you know like totally mind you know what him yeah like mind games and stuff exactly and of course he'll probably have carol up there and be threatening to do something to her and you know blah blah blah. (laughs) yeah but carol's gonna fight as hard as you know oh yeah as good as she gets carol's gonna open a can yeah (laughs) You can swear, by the way. We're 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 an adult oh, podcast. Cool. All right. Thank you. I'm sounding like I'm sounding like a hokey 1950s mom. <laughs> well, gosh darn it! <laughs> open up a can of what for? <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's move on then to the next section of the the podcast, 
and we're going to be deciding on a director for your film. Have yeah. you got a favourite director? Have you got a director that you'd love to work with? So many I'd love to work with. Um, but here's where things got weird for me. Because right. <laughs> I was like, I can just like totally like throw this thing so far off its access and just like wonder what happens there and like just really change the dynamic of a Bond film. Or I could double down on it and see like what happens um, in that regard. So can I share two? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is, you're gonna get an insight into my mind now and why I'm strange. <laughs> so the first one was um, Martin Scorsese. I was thinking that could be like a taking it to the streets, a very, uh, a very rough and tumble kind of James Bond. Um, and then my other one, this is weird as hell, Jane Champion. <laughs> you both just like lost your minds a little bit. Um, yeah. As Jane in, Champion. she's got something out at the moment, hasn't she? What is it again? Yeah, yeah, the power of the dog. Yeah. Power of the dog, yeah. So I've not actually, I'll be honest, I've not actually seen it yet. But I've I, heard I wouldn't it's... have thought until I saw that movie. When I when I saw, um, like, you know, I know her from the piano, you know. Right. Um, I know her from Holy Smokes, which are, you know, very for, sort of like female gaze kind of movies. And then, you know, The Power of the Dog was like, okay. Like, it's still very psychological. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's a lot about like, it's, it's, it's dark. I like it. Um, it was a great movie. So I was kind of like, I wonder what she would bring to the Bond franchise. Yeah, I, I imagine there's, after Power of the Dog came out, I imagine there's probably a lot of people asking that same question. Yeah, yeah, because it's, you know, it's a very male-oriented film, like very male, but, you know, different, different specters of male. Like, it's like, it's not just like, well, you know, some guy's guy movie. It's not, you know, a buddy film. It's like, you know, about the, the different layers of manhood and um just very interesting i think I'd, I'd be very curious to see what she would do so you either go like super macho with scorsese or you go with like the more prismatic masculinity of, of her yeah i mean I, I i would i would go i would like to take the risk and go for jane let's would, risk it i was thinking exactly the same thing yeah especially you've got big actors you know big superstars let's do something different here with the director it goes out yeah. somewhere, something a little bit, you know, something different. Yeah, I just love, I, I love her work so much. The Piano was a, is a really strange film. Really weird. But <laughs> All like, of her films are a little weird. They're just a yeah. little bit strange, but I, but I loved, loved it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, you should, you should watch Power of the Dog. It's just like, yeah, you know. I think it's going to do pretty well at the Oscars next yeah. year. Definitely. Dog, yeah. I definitely have some homework to do here because I'm really not familiar at all with a lot of these films. Oh, cool. Yeah, you, uh, Carol Lombard and Power of the Dog. Mm. <laughs> That's on the syllabus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Martin Scorsese is a, great, is a great director, don't get me wrong, but he's had his shot. Yeah, yeah. And he also, you know, I mean, um, the, the movie that I think I would most kind of like to see him do if he had a bond was like you know gangs of new york something like that not like goodfellas or casino you know you know not 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 the mafia thing that he does mm -hmm. so well um 
and not even age of innocence, but like, you know, something, something along the lines of uh, gangs of New York, like is how I would see him doing Bond. But I think that, yeah, her a little bit more psychological Bond, more psychological drama um, might be interesting and take it like in a different, a different route than the, your average Bond. Yeah, I guess with Martin Scorsese, you can kind of imagine in your head like, roughly what his Bond would sort of look yeah. like, whereas, yeah. yeah, maybe it's nicer to go somewhere that is going to be totally unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Sold. We're booking Jane. Done. Book Amazing. Caller agent. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a Bond. We've got a co-star. We've got a villain. We've got a director. Stuart, what are we moving on to next? Well, I guess we, we move away from, briefly anyway from the kind of cinematic side of things to talk a little bit about music. The music. And of course, the, the, the Bond films and, and the, the Bond theme songs are such an integral part of, of that kind of world. Are you a fan of the Bond music? I don't know a lot about it. <laughs> I think, um, I think I'm, you keep taking me back to Octopussy. Why do you do that? <laughs> I remember All Time High by Melissa Matheson. Wasn't that it? Like, we're an all time high. <laughs> it was like, yeah. they're like, you know, stripping in the beginning, like the clothes are like, oh my God. So All Time High is like, oh, I can't get that out. I've, I've been wounded. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I, I think All Time High is my least favorite Bond song. Yeah, most likely. I and honestly, I don't know other ones. Like, I know Adele did one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Then, so you're you're sort of coming in with a bit of a clean slate, then. Very clean. Put your yeah. own spin on that wee bit. Yeah, you've got a an innocent blank slate here. <laughs> um, right. What was Adele's song that she did? She did Skyfall. Yeah. Oh, Skyfall. I, I I couldn't I couldn't sing it to you if I tried. I don't even know what that sounds like often. If I heard it, maybe I've heard it before. At the sky fall, when it crumbles, we will stand tall. No. <laughs> that was beautiful, though, but no, I don't recognize it. Adele, Adele does it a little bit better. Not, not much better, <laughs> to be honest. Not but much. Yeah, not a little bit better, anyway. So, yeah, yeah what, what, what are you going to put on your clean slate, then? What have we got for your theme song? Well, since we're kind of going a little off-road here, um, Radiohead. Well... I don't know if it's that necessarily that <laughs> off-road for a Bond song. I was actually I was between him and C. It was between uh, Radiohead and Sia, um, but Sia is a little Adele-esque, you know. And mm. we wanted we want to do a new Bond. We want to do like a totally like you know mixing flavors Bond here. We're going that way, so maybe Radiohead. Yeah, I want to say maybe Radiohead have done weren't included in a film, but have recorded a Bond theme song before but 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 it never made the cut for uh i think think you're right right. i think you're right yeah wow i got something correct (laughs) i got something there's this weird world of bond theme songs that never made it you know because like quite often when they make the film they'll ask maybe like two or three different artists to submit a a theme song and then obviously they pick one so then these other songs these other bond themes still exist like out in the ether somewhere Wow. Yeah, so I, th- I think Radiohead is one of them. Are you a big Radiohead fan? I, I do like them. I'm actually probably more of a Sia fan. I like, I adore Sia. This mm-hmm. off the charts for me. But, great, yeah. yeah, but I wanted to do something that I was like, what, what would be nice and moody and sort of yeah. 
a little strange <laughs> for our Jane Campion film. A bit, a bit unsettling, maybe. So Radiohead did a, a version of of Spectre. They, they made a song for the not the most recent film, but the one just before. Again, I haven't heard it, but I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen. Add it to my homework for the for this evening. Yeah, well, I, I, now I have homework too. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like Radiohead. I can see why you know obviously they've been approached about it in the past because it, it, for me it is a nice fit it does it does fit with their kind of style of music yeah it's quite it's quite a big sound isn't it like it's, it'll start off tinkly tinkly tonkly sort of thing but then <laughs> it'll end up big yeah yeah I just I, I always I like the like the reverb like when they have like the muffled sort of like the unsettlingness yeah. of some of their of some of their songs you know where you're just like, oh, I'm creeped out now and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. And you, you can imagine their songs over, you know, that, you know, how like in the opening credits, there's all these like kind of images coming across. And you could, you could imagine a Radiohead song yeah. over top of that. Yeah. I think I might but, know, I think I might know why you get creeped out though, because the song is, the song says, I'm a creep, I'm a weird one. <laughs> <right?" laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love the, the mood setting that a Radiohead opening song would do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if it was something creepy, then it would go along with the Anthony Hopkins character. Yeah, yeah. And our campion director. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's really, the, 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 the film's really getting a vibe now, isn't it? With kind of that yeah. casting, the director, the theme song. It's not going to be a kind of straight up action Bond film. It's going to be a bit yeah. sinister, maybe. Yeah, because that was a very sinister. Yeah, now you now you understand my mind. But I was like, um, <laughs> before I was like, um, I was actually thinking I was gonna do a total '30s version directed by Martin Scorsese because I thought that would be like if he went in and actually did like a like with actors from the '30s, you know? Because um, like I thought um, Carol Lombard would be the the protagonist woman, but then we could have Gene Harlow as like the the slutty one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then, you know, we could have uh, James Cagney as the villain or Humphrey Bogart as the, vi- the villain and like, you know, um, Spencer Tracy, no, um, uh, oh, what's this, Cary Grant or, or yeah. um, as, as Bond. But I was like, and then see that directed by Martin Scorsese. But I like way more like layering it with different times and different, you know, artists yeah. and perspectives. You've kind of sneak, sneaked in a second episode in there, haven't you, Bill the Bond? <laughs> Maybe. you've given us two films here well you're welcome now you know this is how i do all my homework i'm like but <laughs> if that's wrong i have a different <laughs> this is the other one yeah as <laughs> yeah. i mean this is that there's a, a wee section here that we can we call it the any other bonds but there, where you can add any other details you like to your movie is there anything else that you'd like to stick in there any locations any plot points any extra casting hmm Huh. Hmm. Well, since I mentioned it, I mean, it might be fun to just kind of throw Gene Harlow in there as sort of the the one who he bangs in the beginning or something. Yeah, yeah that was like not the main Bond girl, but like some yeah. early kind of yeah. Yeah, 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 the, the yeah. piece of ass girl. But I mean, I mean, she deserves better. I, I God bless Gene Harlow, but she's like she's just such a event, you know. It might be like might be very atmospheric to sort of like have her have her in there, and I just feel like. Harrison Ford could just dabble with like 1930s screen stars so well, you know, just really fit in there. Just step into the the, the shoes of of um of uh Clark Abel, like really effortlessly. 
And let's see if there's, hmm, where would it be? Oh, this is a very good question. Well, since we're getting really weird, why don't we just say like, you know, Iceland. <laughs> Iceland, yeah. Why don't we just say that, you know? In Iceland, yeah. Reykjavik, there you go. Uh, yeah. Jane, Jane might like that location. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a part that's going to like take us to like Mongolia and Russia. I mean, you know, if we're like kind of like traipsing on the the, the, the northern hemisphere here, like, yeah, yeah. like keep going east, like let's do that. Better yeah. Russia, always, always get in a Bond film, better Russia. Yeah. They're always, yeah. I mean, yeah, that Russia's kind of been done to death, which is <laughs> one of the reasons that I'm almost, I avoided it. But, um, you know, if we're talking about like barren snowscapes, you know, that might be cool. It's perfect, yeah. There's lots of that up there, yeah. Uh-huh. That sounds like we've got a bit of a bond firm on our hands. Woo-hoo. Stuart, Woo-hoo. would you would you do the honors? Would you sum it up for us? It's me. I, I, oh, I, you. I, I can I can you, you can relax now. Your your part is okay. done. You can, okay. you can you can sit back and, and just soak in. I'll your, just watch. Yeah, just just watch. So Andrew Gabriel, your bond film stars as James Bond. We have Harrison Ford from the kind of Indiana Jones age, early 80s, as your Bond girl. From the 1930s, you have Carol Lombard as your villain. From, her, from his Silence of the Lamb days, we have Anthony Hopkins. Directing the film, we have Jane Campion. For the theme song, we're going with Radiohead. And we have it set in Iceland with a little bit of Russia as well. <laughs> How does yes. that sound to you? Let's make a movie. Yeah, let's make a movie. That sounds like a film would be pretty hard to make, uh, obviously, with uh, with well, uh, people from different uh, eras. God, yeah, it... especially you know, we need a time machine. We'd also, you know, need to need to go find Sweet Carol from the Hereafter. But um... yeah, what a film it would be! Absolutely, yeah. yeah, it's a thumbs up from me. I, I, I'm interested. Cool, cool. Yeah, you guys have to watch some stuff of Carol Lumber, or at least just like look at her picture. You'll be like. What is up with her? She's yeah. just so interesting. That about wraps it up, Andrea. But we've got one question left for you, and we didn't prepare you for this. So prepare to be shocked. Okay. <laughs> What's the title of your Bond film? Mm. Mm. Wow. Wow. You want to be here for another 15 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> can, can you, Fraser, any suggestions, any thoughts? I struggled. I struggled with suggestions for this one, but I've I've come up with one and it's an Anthony Hopkins link. It's not a very good one, so I'm just going to go for it. Hannibal. Like Thunderball, but Hannibal. Hannibal. Nice. I was thinking, based on not so much the film that you picked, but more on the amount of time we spent talking about Lost right at the start of the episode, um, a sort of Lost Bond crossover, you could call it Live Together and Let Die Alone. Oh, Oh, oh. Nice. Dharma are forever. <laughs> Those are my only ones. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I'm just trying to like get Iceland and like the kind of like darkness and the kind of like, you know, wiggity whackness and just like maybe just like jagged schism. <laughs> <laughs> jagged schism. Jagged. I'm just writing this down this is permanently. How are you spelling schism? C H I S M. 
jagged chisholm like you know between two rocks like the chisholm because that might be how like anthony like they tries to push him down incubate or something so jagged chisholm i mean that beats hannibal yeah to be fair that was far better than anything we came up with so <laughs> jagged chisholm it is <laughs> brilliant i love it andrea thank you so much for <laughs> talking us through the film what goes on inside your mind and uh, <laughs> it's been so much fun yeah you too, guys thank you so much for having me really enjoyed this it's been great fun um and well worth getting out of bed at one o'clock in the morning for thank you yeah get some sleep you two <laughs> don't make me come out there psychological bond drama jagged chisholm Chisholm. Good name. Good bond name in the sense it just doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But someone who did make a lot of sense was Andrew Gabriel. What a great laugh. What a great guest. And what a great lover of film, particularly the 30s. Yeah, loved her uh, her passion for, for mm-hmm. all things Hollywood. Um, she seems to absolutely love living out there and being part of it all. Big star, big director. Yeah. Cool. Would would watch. To wrap up our little episode here and to wrap Mm. up our series, in fact. Yes. And what an episode it's been to wrap up. I can't wait to close up and go to my bed because it is very early in the morning right now. I might stay up and have another martini. I know. You've been getting through that. I don't know how you... Well, to be honest, I usually have a few martinis when we're recording and I'm only good for my bed after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yes, to, to wrap up our season, let's see how you got on with this silly Quint- quintessentially bond quiz question yeah um now a couple of them aren't like okay let me just go through my list mm. the question obviously being that you know that bond is known for having sleazy portrayals of women and female relationships and that you know how many bond girls or bond women can you name that uh have innuendos for names hmm. now you said you came up with five i've also come up with five Good. Which, which is a little bit surprising because as you say it, it, Bond films are well known for their innuendo names but actually when I was starting to actually think about it I struggled to come up with that many considering how many Bond films there are yeah actually five so the, the ones I came up with obviously you'll know my first guess Pussy Galore <laughs> still yeah. funny still great still funny 50 years later uh, also still funny Plenty O'Toole Oh, I didn't think of that one. Plenty. Oh. Is that is that an innuendo? Yeah, sort of. It's like, was it? It depends. It depends really what you count as an innuendo, doesn't it? Well, that's the thing. Because a lot of mine aren't innuendos, but they're sort of a little bit sexual. <laughs> okay, I can have plenty of tool. Great, nice one. Then I had Doctor Goodhead, of course. Yeah, Doctor Goodhead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't need you to explain the innuendo for that one. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, what were they thinking? I don't. I don't know. On a, on a top. Yeah, Xenia on a top. That, that was exactly, I couldn't think of the first name, Xenia on a top from, uh, from Goldeneye. Uh, yeah. And the last one I got, again, it's not, thinking back, it's not necessarily an innuendo, but it's a bit sort of sexy, is Honey Rider. Yeah, Honey Rider. Yeah, okay. So that's, that. my, that's my five. My last one I got, and it's only, I only put it in there because of the final line. Is the oh. is Christmas Jones? Christmas Jones, yeah, yeah. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Yeah, 
the other one I thought like octopus I suppose if you came up with any more innuendo sexual names then please let us know it's buildabond 7 that's on Twitter that's on Instagram surely you came up with more than us we've disgraced ourselves right at the end of the season with only six between us yeah we have yeah but you know it's been it's been a fantastic season Stuart I've really bloody enjoyed this these last 10 episodes have been just peak build a bond for me yeah what a total pleasure and when I look back at what a diverse bunch of bond films we've come up with loads of different guests all been amazingly good fun but the the range you know three seasons in now and still every film they come up with is you know almost always totally different yeah it's it's phenomenal and, and again another different bond than this one today I think we've yeah. only had the same bond mentioned there's only been two names or something that's been brought up twice for bond I know unbelievable and uh, looking forward to more